We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, White Sox fans. This is your Sox Machine White Sox wake-up call. For May 5th, 2022, I'm Josh Nelson. After a cold, misty affair on Tuesday that saw the White Sox win a low-scoring affair 3-1, last night on paper featured both teams' best starting pitchers, Lucas Giolito for the White Sox and Kyle Hendricks for the Chicago Cubs. However, Giolito had a terrible track record against the Cubs in his young career. In four starts against the Cubs, Giolito was 1-3 with an 8.71 ERA. For Hendricks, the White Sox have been a nightmare. In particular, Jose Abreu, who was entering the game 13-22 for against Hendricks with a home run and two walks to just one strikeout. Now that's a batter dominating a pitcher. For Hendricks, that nightmare continued against Abreu in the first inning. On a 0-1 changeup, Abreu golfed the pitch high and deep to left field. Cubs left fielder Ian Happ appeared to be underneath the fly ball, but it landed in the Wrigley Field basket. Abreu's third homer of the season gave the White Sox an early 1-0 lead. That home run by Abreu gives him eight all-time at Wrigley Field, which is the most home runs hit by a White Sox player at Wrigley Field. Then it was Giolito's turn to have hiccups. In the second inning, control became an issue as Giolito walked Frank Schwindel as he started to get behind hitters. Giolito got behind 3-1 on Nico Horner, threw a fastball that split the plate, but Horner didn't miss and mashed it for a two-run homer, his second of the season. Later in that inning, on a 3-2 count, Giolito threw another fastball down the middle against Patrick Wisdom. And just like Nico Horner, Wisdom didn't miss, hitting his fifth home run of the season, giving the Cubs a 3-1 lead. Giolito was visibly upset as he went into the dugout after that second inning, which Giolito then took out his frustration on Cubs hitters. Giolito would only allow one more hit for the rest of the night, a Nick Magical single. Now, that single is in air quotes because on replay, Luis Robert was shown making that sliding catch, but Robert kept the play alive and threw out Magical anyways, who tried to extend the shallow fly into a double. It's not worth challenging it. 
magicals out. He gets the hit that really wasn't a hit. We'll see if it matters at the end of the season. Giolito ended up striking out 10 Cubs batters while walking just two. Those two homers he allowed was the only blemish on his record over five and two thirds innings as he threw 101 pitches, 64 of them for strikes. Giolito's season ERA is now 3.20. With a two-run lead, Hendricks most times would find a way to make that work. But the White Sox offense began to chip away. In the top of the third inning, Lurie Garcia surprised everyone at Wrigley Field, blasting his second home run of the season, a solo shot to center field, cutting the deficit to 3-2. In the fourth inning, Luis Robert laced a double down the left field line, his third two-bagger of the season, to set the stage. Yasmani Grandal hit a duck snort to left field that landed for a single, but Robert had to play it safe as Seiya Suzuki tried to deke Robert. With runners on the corners and one out, the White Sox were in prime position to tie the game. Next was A.J. Pollock, and to say he's been struggling since the opening weekend series is an understatement. Clearly pressing, Pollock chased several pitches out of the zone and struck out. With two outs, the task in tying the game was up to Gavin Sheets. The Cubs had a pull shift configuration for the infield, moving shortstop Nico Horner to short right field, leaving the area where the shortstop is wide open. Hendricks was ahead 1-2 in the count, and he threw a low and away changeup in hopes that if Sheets would make contact, he would just pull the pitch into the shift. But Sheets stayed back and hit a nibbler to left field, right where the shortstop would be. With no one home, Sheets reached on a single, and Roberts scored, tying the game 3-3. While you might be peeved about A.J. Pollock, he made up for his missed opportunity in the sixth inning. Abreu singled and Robert walked to put the White Sox in a good spot, but Grandal grounded into the 4-6-3 double play to wipe out two base runners. Now with a runner on third and two outs, it was up to Pollock. On a 2-1 sinker, Pollock hit a parachute single to shallow right field. It reached the grass and Pollock picked up the go-ahead RBI single, giving the White Sox a 4-3 lead. In the bottom half of that inning, Ronaldo Lopez replaced Giolito, to face Wilson Contreras in a battle that had Contreras foul off several high fastballs. The Cubs catcher got a hold of one in the lower part of the zone, driving it to deep center field. At the risk of landing in the center field basket, Roberts stayed with the flight path and made the catch running into the wall. Now, at guarantee rate field, it's a padded center field wall. At Wrigley, it's still a brick wall. Robert was a bit shaken as he took a breather on the warning track, but he made the big defensive play to keep the White Sox ahead. Kendall Graveman started the bullpen bridge to Liam Hendricks with a 1-2-3 seventh inning on just six pitches. He did not stay in the game after that inning. In the top of the eighth inning against Michael Givens, Adam Engel singled to right field on a nice inside-out swing. After Abreu struck out, Robert picked up another base hit with a single to left field. A lot of speed on the base pass with Engel and Robert. Givens made a bad pitch that bounced away from Contreras, which allowed Engel and Robert to move up 90 feet. With Grandal at the plate and first base open, the Cubs walked Grandal to load the bases for Pollock. Again, there's just one out, so this is an opportunity for the White Sox to add additional insurance runs. Pollock was ahead 2-0, and he fouled off a pretty good fastball to drive to right field. On 2-1, a fastball that was off the plate was called for a strike. 
That put Pollock in swing mode as he was two ahead on a Haining slider on the inside corner, ripping it into foul territory towards left field. Then Pollock grounded into the 5-4-3 double play, ending the White Sox threat of extending their lead. So Pollock had three opportunities to have multiple RBIs in last night's game. And at least he pulled through in one of those opportunities to give the White Sox the lead. But the game right now is finding A.J. Pollock while he continues to struggle. Aaron Bummer took over the eighth inning, which that sentence in itself causes anxiety. He was clean in his last outing. On the first pitch, Patrick Wisdom singled the right field, already putting pressure on Bummer. Next was Nick Madrigal, and he sliced Bummer's slider to left field for a single. Wisdom was running on the pitch, and he reached third base. So now you have runners on the corners with nobody out. The game tying run just 90 feet away. Cubs manager David Ross went to his bench and had Jan Gomes hit against Bummer. Gomes has only faced Bummer twice in his career, but picked up a hit in both plate appearances. With a full count, Gomes hit a liner that had ears heading to center field, but Tim Anderson was in great position to catch the liner, and it kept the runners on the corners with one out. With Seiya Suzuki batting, LaRusa replaced Bummer for Matt Foster. Yes, Foster is now a high-leverage bullpen arm. Suzuki swung and missed on Foster's first two fastballs, and on the third fastball, he fouled out to Gavin Sheets. So now with two outs, Foster had to face Ian Happ. Madrigal ran on the first pitch in that at-bat, taking second base, so if Happ would get a base hit, the Cubs would have the lead. The count ran 2-2, two and two, and after trying to get Happ off-balance on high changeups, Foster pulled a page out of Lucas Giolito's playbook, throwing a dart of a fastball, 94 miles per hour, right on the lower part of the strike zone to catch Happ looking for the inning-ending strikeout. The White Sox bullpen pulled through and kept the team ahead into the ninth inning. Old friend David Robertson made quick work of the White Sox bottom of the lineup in the ninth inning, picking up two strikeouts. He's only allowed one hit this season, which is impressive. Still a one-run lead, it was Liam Hendricks' turn for his third straight save opportunity. Contreras popped out in the infield, Schwindel grounded out to Tim Anderson, and with Horner at the plate, Hendricks froze him on a fastball in the lower part of the strike zone just like Foster did in the previous inning. Hendricks picks up his seventh save of the season as the White Sox win 4-3. Jose Abreu and Luis Robert both had multiple hit nights. The pitching staff combined to strike out 12 batters, and the White Sox didn't commit any errors. Now that is a good night. The White Sox are now on a three-game winning streak. They improved to 11-13 on the season. The Chicago Cubs fall to 9-15. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Chicago White Sox are off today, but we are not on Sox Machine. We have a couple of announcements. One, we just renewed our partnership with BlueWire on a multi-year deal that lasts through 2024. They have been wonderful supporters to us and have opened the door financially to do more at Sox Machine, like bringing in future socks into the platform and allowing Jim to work full-time. In addition to our wonderful Patreon supporters, for everyone that listens to the Sox Machine podcast, whether that's daily or weekly, thank you. We just set a new record for downloads for any April that we've had the last nine years. Because of your continued support, we at Sox Machine continue getting notice for wonderful opportunities. With this new Blue Wire deal, it ensures there will be a 10th and 11th season of the Sox Machine podcast. Through Blue Wire, we are introduced to a new company called Playback. Now, this is an intriguing technology and a new streaming platform. What Playback does is take a sports broadcast stream and overlays with commentators. For those that are familiar with streams on Twitch, it's a very similar watching experience, watching someone play video games and having the person who is playing on the screen as a talking head. What Playback allows fans and content creators to do is watch the game together. The content creators are providing live feedback, interacting with the audience through the chat, or opening the floor for guest speakers like I do with Twitter spaces that some of you participate and listen to. We at Sox Machine now have a playback room, which means in the near future, you will get to watch the White Sox games with Jim and I, like taking the Sox Machine comment section over to the TV screen. And we won't be alone. Our good friends Beefloaf and Cherizi from the 108 will be joining us in the fun as we'll provide serious commentary and analysis live, but also throw in some fun topics to keep the watch party interesting. Our first playback stream will be on Tuesday, May 10th, as the White Sox take on the Cleveland Guardians. To watch that stream, you'll need to sign up on playback, which you can do in the link I provided in the podcast summary or on SoxMachine.com. After you sign up and verify your cable or streaming subscription, you'll be able to join the watch party on Tuesday night. Our upcoming schedule for watch parties will be provided on SoxMachine.com, and I can't wait to watch the games alongside with you. All right, back to baseball. Down on the farm in Gwinnett, Georgia, the Charlotte Knights visited the Atlanta Braves AAA affiliate, and it was Johnny Cueto's third start at AAA. After striking out the first two batters of the game, Cueto ran into trouble in the second inning. He allowed four earned runs and had to be taken out of the game in the fourth inning after just throwing 74 pitches. 47 of those were strikes, as Cueto's final line was three and two-thirds innings, six hits allowed, four earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts, and he gave up a home run. For those that are hoping that Cueto could replace Dallas Keuchel soon in the rotation, well, you may have to wait for one more start. Down four to nothing, the Knights stormed back. Mike Rodolfo hit a three-run homer. Gilbert Sanchez was two for five with two RBIs as he's hitting 389 in AAA. Carlos Perez was two for four with two RBIs as the Knights won a barn burner nine to six. 
Charlotte is now 11-15 on the season. Birmingham had the early lead after two innings, but the Tennessee Smokies feasted on Barron's pitching, putting together 15 hits on their way to score 10 runs. Craig Didilo hit his sixth home run of the season. Lennon Sosa went two for five, batting leadoff, but the Barons fall 10 to four. It wasn't much better for Winston-Salem, as the Hickory Crawdads eat one easily, eight to two. Brian Ramos was 0 for two, but picked up an RBI and a walk. His season OPS is still above 1,000. No Husker Colossus for the game as he had the day off. Dash catcher Adam Hackenberg had a perfect day at the plate, going two for two with an RBI and two walks. He's hitting 281 with an 872 OPS and high A to start the season. Kannapolis brought the thrills against down east. They were up four to two after three innings, and the Cannonballers saw their lead vanish as down east scored runs in the sixth and seventh innings to tie the game. It was still tied in the bottom of the ninth inning with runners on first and second. DJ Gladney delivered, ripping a single to center field for the walk-off hit. Gladney had himself a day, going four for five, with a double two-run scored and two RBIs. West Cath hit a triple, and Chase Krogman was two for three with three RBIs for the game. Cole Seamus went five innings pitched, five hits allowed, two earned runs, one walk, and five strikeouts on 75 pitches. The Cannonballers are now 11 and 12. Around Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees had an 11-game winning streak entering Wednesday night in Toronto. The Blue Jays took an early 1-0 lead thanks to Matt Chapman hitting his fifth home run of the season, but Joey Gallo tied the game for the Yankees in the third inning with a solo shot. Vlad Guerrero Jr. picked up an RBI single in the bottom of that third inning, giving the Blue Jays a 2-1 lead, and the scoring stopped. The Blue Jays wouldn't relinquish that lead as Yusei Kikuchi and the Blue Jays' bullpen held the Yankees' bats in check and snapping that winning streak. Remember when the White Sox couldn't hit Dylan Bundy in Minneapolis? Well, Baltimore had no problem against their former pitcher as the Orioles scored six runs in the third inning and three in the fourth inning as they beat the Minnesota Twins 9-4. The Twins are still scorching hot. After starting the season 4-8, the Twins are now 15-10, so they have won 11 out of their last 13 games. San Diego had a doubleheader in Cleveland, and the Padres won Game 1 5-4, but in Game 2, Cleveland scored three runs at the bottom of the 8th inning to tie the game, and then walked off San Diego in the 10th inning, winning 6-5. St. Louis crushed Kansas City 10-0, the Atlanta Braves beat up the New York Mets 9-2, the Tampa Bay Rays are getting hot as they blank the Oakland Athletics 3-0, the Rays are now 15-10 on the season. The Rangers and Phillies were scoreless through nine innings, but Texas scored two runs in the top of the 10th, and Philly could only muster one run in the bottom half as the Rangers improved to 10 and 14 this season. The Phillies are struggling out of the gate. They are 11 and 14. The Houston Astros thumped Seattle 7 to 2. Matt Brash, who was excellent against the White Sox to start the season, has hit a bump in the road as he now has a 7.65 ERA. The Tigers and Pirates split a doubleheader, and the Red Sox were up 4-3 in the 8th inning, but the Angels tied the game and in the 10th inning scored 6 runs to win at Fenway 10-5. And Rowdy Telez hit a grand slam to power the Brewers to another victory over Cincinnati. The Reds are now 3-21. 3-21. 
Looking at the American League Central standings, again, the Minnesota Twins are still in first place. They are 15 and 10, three and a half games ahead of the Chicago White Sox and Cleveland Guardians, which they are 11 and 13. And the Twins are six games ahead of Detroit and Kansas City, as both of those ball clubs are tied for last place with an 8 and 15 record. That will do it for today's White Sox wake-up call. Later tonight, we'll have Sox Machine Live streaming on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sox Machine, as we'll recap the Cubs series and look ahead to the weekend series against the Boston Red Sox. If you just discovered Sox Machine or have been a longtime lurker, help support us on patreon.com slash Sox Machine. Our Patreon supporters receive exclusive content, ad-free versions of the podcast and website, and the first opportunity to receive our Sox Machine swag. Monthly plans start at just $2, and you can save with an annual subscription. Again, the website is patreon.com slash Machine. Subscribe to the Socks Machine podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Socks Machine. You can follow me on Twitter at Socks Machine underscore Josh. Have a great Cinco de Mayo. Remember that it's not Mexico's Independence Day while you enjoy your tacos and margaritas. Thanks for listening to the White Sox Wake Up Call for SocksMachine.com. I'm Josh Nelson. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.